You're listening to The Reinvention Project with Jim Rome Podcast. Welcome to Episode 9 of The Reinvention Project with Jim Rome. I am absolutely thrilled to share this conversation with you as it's with, quite simply, one of the most compelling people I've ever met in my entire life, Gary Vaynerchuk. Now, you've probably heard the phrase, one of one. That's Gary V. If you know him, you already know this. If for some reason you don't know Gary, which is highly unlikely, but if you don't, you're about to discover why there is no one else quite like him. In fact, I almost hope that some of you have not been exposed to the Gary V experience because I will never forget the way I felt the first time I heard and saw this man several years ago. My reaction was, holy bleep. Who the bleep is this guy? Like, I had never seen anybody with that kind of fire, intensity, charisma, that point of view. And from that moment on, I became a Gary V junkie. I simply could not get enough of the man. And I started to devour as much of his content as I possibly could. And I still do to this day. And I knew as soon as I committed to this project and reinventing my life, one of the first people I had to run down was Gary V. And given his insane schedule, this one has been on the books for months But as you're about to find out, it is straight fire and it's well worth the wait. Word of caution, however, if you object to profanity, this is one that you might want to sit out. But if you don't, this is one you're going to want to listen to over and over and over again. It literally is one of the best conversations I've ever had with anybody. Gary is a serial entrepreneur, a CEO, a venture capitalist, best-selling author, social media monster, influencer extraordinaire, and simply put, one of the most riveting people on the planet, and he's coming at you right now on Episode 9 of The Reinvention Project. Gary, let me say right off the very top, uh, I know how insanely busy you are. I want to thank you very much for sharing your time with us and tell you how much and listeners of this pod appreciate it. How are you doing, my man? How are things? Things are tremendous, actually. Jim, you know, uh, you know, I keep life very basic with my perspective. If my family is healthy, I am happy. Uh, and, you know, obviously going through this time that we all have, my heart goes out to people that have been affected. I've been very lucky. Um, that we haven't, and I continue to count those blessings. And then, and then all my agita and angst come from my New York Jets, which I'm fully in uh, that mode right now. No doubt about that. All right, so the jumping off point, Gary, is always tricky with you because we could start in a million different places. So let me start with the broadest space imaginable. Where are you mentally? Where is your headspace at right now, Gary? On offense, Jim. I think that, you know, this NFT thing, um, new consumer behaviors as we get out of COVID, um, the explosion of you know social media and content, um, gaming, as an entrepreneur and one that's comfortable in the tomorrow more so than obsessed with the yesterday, this is an exciting time because there's a lot of change in the air. So, you know, when you ask that question, I was thinking about Loyola Marymount, like running gun, right? Like I'm trying to win like Hank Gathers, the late great Hank Gathers and Bo Kimball. I'm trying to win out here as an entrepreneur 151 to 137. So I'm in pure offense mode. No, I get that. So either you're in offense or you're in defense. There is no in between. But Gary, go back to NFTs for a minute. Like for those who do not know, can you simply explain what it is? And in your mind, is it real? Is it sustainable? How are you approaching it? It's it's unbelievably real, but there's a caveat there. So I'll say, let's talk about the second part. It's 1995, 1997, 1999 internet. It's very real. 
people are just trying to wrap their head around it. A bunch of companies went public in those years, Jim, I'm sure you remember. Many of them became pets.com and went to zero. But, and everybody then in 2000 said, oh, see, the internet's a fad. What was a fad was there was a gold rush, which is exactly what's happening with NFT right now. Everybody, every celebrity, every intellectual property is putting out projects, overpricing their projects and not really using the technologies properly. Meanwhile, the internet was the most important transformation of our time. Same thing's gonna happen here with NFTs. Um, NFTs stand for non-fungible tokens. In, in layman's terms, the reason you're, everybody who's listening, right, you're, the reason your kids buy skins on Fortnite or Roblox or all this stuff, or why you might care how many followers you have on social media, or do you have a blue check mark? Our life is becoming more and more digital. And our social currency, our, the way we communicate, our identity is wrapped up in things that go on on the internet and having digital tokens, uh, a, a digital token that represents a ticket to the NBA All-Star game or, or that you're a fan of Nirvana or what have you is going to start playing out, Jim. It's, it, listen, this is a one hour podcast conversation on NFTs, but let me say this. There's only been two times I felt like this, when the internet started and when social media started. And in that time, those first two years were mucky. The biggest things in the world were happening, but 98% were overwhelmed by greed and fast bags. And that's why you're going to see some carnage in NFT land on the investing side of the projects. And there'll be some big ones. There's going to be some real money made if you're good at this. On the flip side, the overall technology of NFT is something everybody who's listening right now is going to be living within in a decade. Mm, I appreciate that response. And, you know, Gary, it's so interesting because as you point out, that in and of itself is a one-hour conversation. You and I have had a lot of conversations in the past. This particular podcast is a different project. It's a reinvention project. And I want to ask you, Gary, you said recently that there has never been a better time in the human race ever to go all in on you. My question then is why now? Because there's no time like the present or in your mind, are we living in a golden age of opportunity? We're living in a golden age of opportunity. Jim, you and I, our grandparents, if they like had to put meat on the table and had to have a roof and had to pay the bills and thus they were stuck in that cocoon, you know, they'd get home at six o'clock, seven o'clock, five o'clock, eight o'clock. They didn't have something called the internet and, and a thing called the modern internet and the emerging blockchain to take advantage of 7 p.m., 8 p.m., 9 p.m., Saturday, uh, in the train on the way there. The internet enables opportunity and we are the humans that are living in it when it's first emerged and when it's starting to hit scale and normality. And so, you know, I'm, a, I'm devastated by people that are unhappy or complaining or feel stuck but I'm empathetic and I understand, which is why I always push this thing of like, do you actually know what's going on on TikTok? Do you know what's going on on podcasting? Do you know what's going on on blockchain and NFTs? Because I've lived a life now where I've been talking about this for 15 years and I have hundreds of thousands of emails that are unbelievably emotional about you've changed my life because I started this cooking show on YouTube or I listened to you about TikTok and this happened, Gary. And that doesn't mean everybody became a billionaire. It means some people that were making 113,000 a year miserable now make 94,000 a year thrilled. Some people that made 72,000 a year miserable now make 250,000 a year 
ecstatic because they have advertisers on their podcast or they do influencer deals. Jim, this is really practical. It takes 20, 50 hours of education to know what I'm talking about, but it's very real, Jim. Let me ask you something. Are you stressed out? Are you worked up? Probably so. Almost everybody I know is at this point. Listen, don't let the stress of daily life weigh on your body. Whether you're an elite athlete or somebody just like me, just trying to make it through the day tension-free, I've got something to help you out. Theragun. Man, I cannot tell you how much I love this product. Theragun is the handheld percussive therapy device which releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth speed, and power, and it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. The Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good, it gets to the source of the pain by releasing tension using Theragun's signature percussive therapy, which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. The OLED screen and design make you feel like you're holding something from the future. Go to the site, check out this product, it's amazing. The Theragun app learns from your behaviors and it suggests guided routines. You can take my word for it or you can take the word of 250 professional sports teams like Real Madrid, also elite athletes like Paul George, DeAndre Hopkins, Maria Sharapova, and hundreds of thousands of customers like me. We're all using it. We all love the Theragun. Try Theragun for 30 days, starting at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash reinvention right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. I cannot stress enough how much I love this product. That's theragun.com slash reinvention, theragun.com slash reinvention. If somebody is listening right now and they're not getting their head around this and they're not absolutely pumped on their life, number one, Gary, whose fault is that? And then secondly, what would you tell that person? The fault question is incredibly hard. Um, the luck of the draw of DNA, the realities of parenting um, and misparenting, uh, the environment you grew up in, a, a single singular uh, event that triggered, you know, fear or negative kind of navigation. You know, life is complicated. There is no simplicity. But I will say this: it blows my mind on the incredibleness that is the human spirit, and people in incredibly tricky circumstances by flipping the switch and saying, "I'm accountable. I can change this. I'm not going to blame my dad." or this moment, or my ex-husband, or blah, blah, blah. It's shocking to me about the human spirit when you change your perspective and your outlook. And I'm not, Jim, I'm not, am I allowed to curse on this show, Jim? Fuck yes. Beautiful. I'm not on some rah-rah shit. Like, I'm not here to be a fucking motivational speaker. I'm here to say, like, life is how you see it. Perspective is actually the truth. If you're like, I got fucked and it's over, the fuck do you think your life's gonna look like? And so for me, I come on a show like this because I love you and I know in the back of my mind that I was gifted and lucked into and put work into the ability to communicate in a way that makes people maybe for a second look at it slightly different. And I look forward and it's Gary at VaynerMedia.com, V-A-Y-N-E-R media.com. I look forward, Jim, to seven months from now getting an email from somebody said, yo, I'm that guy. I was listening to Romy. Like, and fucking, I don't know, like, I don't know why, 
And this is the emails I get, Jim. I don't know why, but you said it a different way. I heard it a hundred times. Sometimes, Jim, I hear it. Gary, I've been listening to you for six years. I've heard it over and over and over. But this time you said it this way and I was ready for it. And that, Jim, is why I still fucking waste my time, uh, you know, pounding my fist through this wall of like, yo, you can actually do something. I'm not joking. This is real. This is not fantasy land. I'm not selling the secret where like sit on your bed and pray and it's going to happen. This is learn about new shit that's going on, make stuff uh, or, or talk about stuff that you know. There's somebody right now listening to this, Romy, who knows more about the Buffalo Sabres than anybody on earth and literally could start a niche Instagram or TikTok or podcast and make 55K a year. See, this is all, Gary, really practical, really pragmatic advice and really important advice that you can use and turn into something tangible. And I think that's so important. But then we're talking about the other things that you talk about quite a bit, things like accountability, things like entitlement. And recently you had this post on Instagram and it read just simply, no one owes you shit. And then you sat back, Gary, and you watched everybody react to it. I'm, I'm curious, generally, were you encouraged by the reaction today? And then how would that reaction have been different, say, five years ago? I, I do think that we have more, and it's because we've had such political unrest, so I'm empathetic to it. We do have less accountability today based on two major factors, uh, real aggressive political unrest and really poor parenting in the macro. There's incredible parents. I'm the byproduct of one, um, but there are absolutely, let there be no, no confusion. We have lived through the golden era of eighth place trophies, Jim, the golden era of that. And what that's made is people thinking that they deserve shit, that the world owes them something because mommy and daddy set them up that way. And so now you have a lot of people who are less accountable. They love to point fingers and they hate to point their thumb at themselves. So I think it's slightly worse than it was five years ago, comma, it is better than it was a year ago. You're starting to see inclinings. And this is what I spent all my time on, reading, reading, reading people. You're starting to see inclinings of like, okay, I've gone ham on social media. I've been a tornado to everybody around me. All this pointing and blaming still doesn't change shit. And, and the human adjusts. And I do think we are on the precipice of a potential golden era of re-establishing more accountability. Like, yeah, you know, cause Jim, you know how much you hate life if you think someone's in charge? If you think corporations in charge, if you think your dad's in charge, if you think the man's in charge, the government, you know, if you actually don't feel in control, life blows. One hundred percent. It's the worst thing ever. Like, why get up and in the by morning? The way, by the way, I know that there's a million things I don't control. They can change a law on me tomorrow, and I'll pay more taxes. I could da -da 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 -da, a tree could fall on my fucking head. I don't think I'm in control of anything, which in a weird make way makes me feel I'm in control of everything, Jim. Explain that, Gary. That's fascinating. What do you mean by that? So, so life is life. You know, if my dad gets diagnosed with terminal cancer tomorrow, I'm fucking shut down on my business shit. I don't give a fuck about that. I don't give a fuck about the jets or business. Like that's going to be my cocoon for a year or two or three as we battle, right? Like I'm not in control of that. I'm not in control of my, like, like a shower head exploding in my face and like burning my face. Like a million life, a million things happen in life. So in that, I go, okay, I'm actually not in control of like really anything. Well, then I'm in control of like how I see that. So I'm not going to dwell on things I'm not in control of. 
I'm gonna really focus on what I am in control of. I could wake up right now. I could eat better right now. I could work out. I could make this, this decision. Huh, it's a funny thing happens in life. If I do nice things for people, karma kicks in. Sure, some people take advantage of it and then I cut them off like Bronx tail. But if I keep doing nice things, more nice things happen. Go figure, go figure. Like I'm in control of that. I'm in control of my optimism. It's not delusion. People are like, Gary, I'm just keeping it real. I'm like, you're keeping it real fucking pessimistic. Kid. That's what you're keeping it. <laughs> oh, and like, so like, you know, like, like life is how you see it. You will find what you're looking for. I can go on Twitter right now and see 400 glorious stories, or I could go on there and see 400 pieces of shit. You're going to find what you're looking for. My dad is a cynical dude, a little bit different than me. Old school Russian dude. Look at, and I, he goes, man, I don't know. I always fucking my, you know, every time I come to the liquor store, I stumble into some shit. I've got a nose for it. I go, no, you don't have a nose for it, it, dad. You're looking for it. You come to the store and you're looking for it. I see shit that's horrible at my company all the time. I don't fucking sweat little minutia. I focus on the macro. And so like, that's life, Jim. That's fucking life. I don't know, Gary, you and I have had a lot of conversations on and off the air. This is my favorite one to date for <laughs> so many you. different reasons, man. I'm so happy about this. Hey now, count it. I cannot wait to talk to you about my guys at Carnivore Trading. This is the day that picking winning stocks just got so much easier. I'm on Carnivore Trading. It's a radically different stock targeting website that is disrupting Wall Street big time. Let me tell you about Carnivore. What this is, is a group of small elite stock market strategists. These are the guys who influence the market influencers, the big guys. And what they're doing is they're pulling back the curtain so people like you and I, newbies to portfolio managers, can see exactly what they're trading. This is why I signed up. And for a low monthly fee, I get real-time text alerts of the explosive stocks that they're trading in right now. It's like, dude. Here's what we're hitting. Here's why we're hitting it. And then I make my own choice. I can mirror their trades through my discount broker or I can just pass. But then again, why do you want to pass? Passing is crazy because their trades are murdering the S&P 500. Trading carnivores trades is like earning your PhD in the stock market. I can't tell you how much I've learned from these guys. And you will love this. They guarantee that you'll earn five times your monthly subscription or double your money back. Yes, I said it. 5X your monthly fee just by doing what they do. And if you need more, I've got that for you as well. How about two free weeks to check it out for yourself? Visit scoreourtrades.com. Enter the code Jim. Scoreourtrades.com. Code name Jim. See website for guaranteed terms and conditions. Past performance, not a guarantee of future earnings. You know, out of that last answer, I, I want to pick one word out of that. You said dwell, dwell. In an, another recent Instagram post, you said dwelling is poison. It is the least practical perspective to have. If this community gets anything from me ever, I want it to be this, end of quote. And to that, I would say preach brother. I mean, to this day, Gary... I'm a guy in his mid-50s. I fight this to this day. I literally get caught up in negative loops or spirals that I know do not serve me, and I know it's the dumbest shit ever. Why do we do this, and practically, how do you break that loop or that chain? Because your parents gave you that DNA and then parented it, and it became your norm and or your environment or your, or your older brother or your best friend. Like You hung around people that believed in it, and accelerated it 
and you were given some of it naturally with DNA. And the way you get out of it is you start hanging out and listening to practical positive shit. I, I like, see that. Yeah, it's no, very simple. Yeah, your no, right. Friends, right. Your friends. You are who you roll you, with. It's, you, it, you know, of course everyone's anxious. TV sells you fear. Whatever channel you watch, I don't give a fuck what channel you're watching. CNN and Fox is the same shit to me, Jim. Fear, 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 fear. Of course people are anxious. The end. Like I, I don't, you know, seriously. fuck, you know, exactly. like, and then, and by the way, social media is no better. That's just humans sharing their fears, fear, 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 fear. You know, how do you change? Look for fucking practical hope, not some delusional fantasy land. Everyone's going to pay for everybody's everything. Not fucking delusion, but fucking practical, optimistic shit. Like fucking go-getters that are happy who are like, yeah, some, this sick sucks or I'm going to eat shit for a year, but this is going to happen. Like fucking optimism man like fucking happy like people that are content like at peace like everyone thinks it's money like i fucking hate, jim i hate money people want money they think it's gonna make them happy the richest people i know are fucking miserable all they do is with that money is they buy horrible shit get into horrible drugs hang out with horrible people success is content the reason bro i don't everyone's so confused by my propaganda I, I want to buy the Jets. People don't get it. It's not that I want to buy the Jets because I'm a douche. It's because I love the chase of trying to buy the Jets. It's hard. I like the game. I was going to say. I like the game. No, no, no. I was going to say, Gary, I understand this. I know you and I know this. You're not, you're, you've never been about money. You are addicted to the game. The what game. is it about the game that you love so much? And explain to me what that high feels like. What is the addiction? I'm curious about how good am I? I'm just, I, this is, it's, and I so fucking associated with Kobe on this shit. I feel like Kobe, I, you know, one of the great regrets of my life was I don't reach out to people that I admire. And when Kobe died, I changed that because I always was like, well, it's going to come to me. They'll come to me. And it really affected me. And, and every time I watch his stuff, I'm like, I know exactly what's going through his blood. It's a curiosity of how great one can be. I'm genuinely curious. I know that I was gifted like an athlete. Like I, I feel like I, you know, and I understand for people listening right now how douchey this may sound, but it's, I don't, I'm sorry. It's how I feel. I feel LeBron-like. I feel Beyonce-like. I'm curious. I just in business woman or man form, it's harder to see. It plays out over a longer period of time but I feel like I was gifted with some crazy ass shit and I'm curious of how big I can get it. And the challenge of being crippled by opportunity, making decisions, navigating the fucking strategy, the fucking game. I don't want the trophy. You know me, like I don't buy shit. I don't need a fucking watch. I don't have a fucking suits. I don't need a fucking private plane. I'm just fucking curious out here of how great I can be. So Gary, that said, and I understand this too, like you, you've talked about, you just said it, I'm gifted. I understand what I'm gifted in. You've talked about DNA. You talked about your dad. You talked about your family. I'm really curious about this. A mutual friend of ours 
Ed Milet had me on his podcast and we talked about this sense of nature or nurture. I really need your thoughts on this because when you look within and you consider, Gary, your personal drive, your grit, your competitive fire, and then you think about all the time that you've spent with athletes, entertainers, creators, CEOs, people you've come in contact with that have that same sort of mental toughness, fire, and grit. My question, where does it come from? Is it DNA? Is it hardwired? Or can you only get it from personal experience and the way you come up? My official answer on a pure guess with life experiences, analyzing everyone around me and myself is that it's 60-40 DNA, 60 nature, how you were nurtured, 40. Parenting, where you grew up, how. I had a perfect fucking storm. I got the DNA. Then I got the luxury of being born in the Soviet Union, coming to this country with nothing, having a mom that was a fucking all-time hall of fame. If mom hall of fame is my mom would be first ballot. And so like I had a fucking guide, I had the DNA and then I had nothing. I grew up in the dirt and that fucking changes everything. So I think, I th- but I still think 60, 40 because I've seen people have, have those circumstances but their DNA was a little different. They were just chemically a certain way. So. That's where I'm at. I'm a 60-40 DNA guy. Yeah, where do you? Yeah, you you got both. You got both. You I know? got I got listen, and by the way, that's why when I talk about myself or I get accolades or why like I can't hear the cheering, which allows me to deal with the booing. I'm just the byproduct of Sasha, Tamara, Vaynerchuk, and Soviet and American dynamics during 1970 to 2000. Like I'm nothing. Like my business is a reflection of me. My children are a reflection of me. Me? That's my parents. That's my circumstance. So when people are like, you're fucking genius, you're fucking great. Or when they're like, you're fucking, you know, somebody just said I was a grifter on fucking Twitter. Like I'm unemotionally unemotionally touched by that because I'm the byproduct of something. And I always am fascinated by people thinking their accolades are them. I, I feel my accolades are are really accolades towards my parents and to the American dream mm-hmm. I think- and to Jersey. And by the way, to Jersey and to the eighties, I fucking got into like six fights in second and third and fourth and sixth grade, Jim, like kids used to fight. That's good. Yeah, I mean, you you are about competition, pure yes. competition. And yes. I did hear the question. When you say to me, Gary, like, what am I? I, I agree with you. I think I, I am both. I think my one strength on the way up was that I was very honest about what I was and what I was not. Like, I am no genius, man. Far from it. Far self-awareness. Self-awareness, yeah. exactly. What I figured yeah. out early on, Gary, was that there was nothing significant about me. So I asked myself these questions early on in my career. Why you? Why you? You didn't play the game. Nobody knows mm-hmm. who the fuck you are. Who's going to give you a show? Who's going to put you on the air? How are you different? How are you different? And for a long time, I couldn't answer the question. How am I different? I'm really not different. But then I figured the only way I could be different was by A, being different, but B, to cultivate this mindset of I'm willing to go as hard as I possibly can and harder than anybody else. What my calling card is going to be is I'm going to have this chip on my shoulder. And by the way, it wasn't contrived. It wasn't manufactured. I was kind of a dope in high school. I was kind of a nerd in high school. (laughs) I didn't like that, man. I didn't like not feeling unique or special. And I just know, to answer the question, when I've been at my greatest success, which brings me back to the whole point of this project, Gary, the times that I've been most successful was when I was most dialed in and I had that chip on my shoulder. I think a lot of this is 
it's it's nature and nurture. I think that 100%. you can develop it, right? Can't you? Like your chip on your shoulder. Where did it come from? Do you still have it or do you get new chips? I make up chips. I think I sandbag myself professionally almost constantly still to this day because I want to not achieve what I'm trying to like achieve in my game. Uh, I think my first chip, I every time I think about chips, the first one for sure was getting picked on in Dover, New Jersey when I first moved to America, when we first moved from Queens, I had a real rough like six months where there was this crew, you know, cause I'm an eighties baby, you just go outside, right? My mom was from Russia where you really just went outside for the whole day. So there was this crew, I remember this one scene where like the kids made me drink out of a Pepsi can and I knew the kid pissed in it, right? Wow. But like, wow. I, I just couldn't get out of the situation and I kind of like put my lips on it and ha ha ha. So that, that was that very quickly after that, I never had bullying or anything because I was too charismatic and too friendly and too nice and always had a good run. But my chips came from, I was a shit student. All my parents, friends, and all my teachers said I would never amount to anything because that's what you did in the politically incorrect eighties around bad students. I was epic in sports up till third or fourth grade because I have crazy hand-eye coordination. But as soon as athleticism, speed, and strength started to matter, I completely fell off. And that was a fun chip because like, fuck, I'm not good at that. And so I just like had plenty of like negative affirmation, which got me into this place because I was so mentally in that place of like, I mean, Jim, look at me as a sports fan. I grew up a four sport fan in the eighties, Jets, Yankees, Rangers, Knicks. I am now solely a Jets and Knicks fan. Why you ask me? Because in 1994 and 1996, the, Je the Yankees and the Rangers won championships. I was a bigger New York Rangers fan in the 80s and 90s than a Jets fan. But the second they won the cup, I barely watched a single game since. I watched three minutes of Kings Rangers Stanley Cup several years ago because once the journey was accomplished, I was out. I love that. I love that. That is such a great analogy. And I honestly, absolutely love that. It's crazy. That. I, I didn't even realize it was happening. Maybe seven, eight years ago when I started getting into my feelings of like, fuck, I am only about the journey. I'm only about, the, I would have all these exits, Twitter going public, Facebook, all these crazy shit that were happening to me. And I wouldn't, I'd Jim, I invested in Coinbase in 2014. Mm. It went public the other day, obviously, most people know. It was the single biggest financial event of my career. This is on my children's health. I didn't even look at the stock price at all that day. I was just busy. Like, I'm just weird about my game. I, I get this. And by the way, for everybody who's listening, please, I really want them to hear this. That's not a humble brag. I'm not a dick face. I'm not being nonchalant. I'm grateful for everything I have. It's just I'm about the fucking game. All right, so grateful. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just following you around. These are my favorite types of interviews where I don't have to do shit but listen and just <laughs> follow you around. Gary, like I want to say to you, all right, so what is it? I know money's not the thing. I know it's competition. I know it's the game. But you've murdered the game, yet I'm hearing it in your voice. I hear the way you roll out every single morning, and you're not only on offense, but you are attacking. On those rare days, because even you, you're not perfect. We all go into a slump. We all get into a funk. We don't always have that energy. What's that thing that if you have to quickly reset yourself to get back on the path? And I don't want to answer your question for you. I got to think you know gratitude, so well. gratitude, yeah, gratitude yeah, has my, something to do with it, right? My parents didn't die last night. My kids didn't die last night. I'm so simple. I don't need, by the way, ask me what my favorite rock is. What's your favorite rock? 
Rocky. Rocky. Which Rocky movie? Yes. Oh, Rocky. Your yeah, favorite rock? I was going to say, dude, mm-hmm. since when are you about rocks? No, what's your favorite <laughs> Rocky movie? I think it's five or six. I think it's hmm. six. It's the one where he loses everything and has to go back to the slum. Okay. Jim, on my fucking everything, I sometimes dream, not fear, dream of losing everything and going back to Queens in a studio apartment, have the entire internet shit on me, tell all my fans, all of the cynical people that are around the people that are fans, friends, enthusiasts, believers, say, see, told you that guy was full of shit. Be in that lonely, lonely fucking place and fucking rise like a phoenix and fucking, like, you. it's crazy to me how much I don't need anything but the game, right? So gratitude, it's the health of the people I care about. After that, it's all just play. Like, Here's why, Jim. I don't give a shit about what people think about me. I don't. I, I respect it. That's very different than caring in your soul. I understand it. I understand why some people the first time it's too much energy. Fuck, this guy's probably full of shit. I am grateful for it when it's nice. But I don't live my life for outside affirmation, which is why I don't have a Benzo. It's why I don't wear a Rolex. It's why, it's why, it's why. And so I'm in this fucking cocoon of my own process and my own gratitude. All right, so you said something, and and I do appreciate that, and you would extend that to everybody. That's not just a you thing. That's like, hey, listen, if you're listening right now, you'd best not care what daddy says or mommy says or your uncle says or your friends. Or how many likes you got. Or don't buy that to get, don't buy that expensive thing to get the girl because you don't want that kind of girl. Like, by the way, everything I say is a them thing. You Mm -hmm. know that, Jim. Yes. I I don't need to be on, I, I believed in myself before anybody else did. I don't need to come on for that. I'm hoping that the energy blasts somebody in the face, wakes them up today, gets them to stop listening to their cynical grandmother. And they're like, fuck it. I don't know who the fuck this guy is, but fuck it. I'm, I won the lottery, 400 trillion to one are the odds to be a human. What am I gonna dwell my way through the next 50 years? Listen, Gary, that was my reaction. I've told you this years and years and years ago. The very first time I saw any of your content, that's exactly what my reaction was. Oh, my God. Who the fuck is this guy? It just blasting me right in the face. I can't believe it stopped me cold in my tracks. So I've got two final thoughts. You said something that just absolutely blew me away when you said, do you know what? Privately, I wish it would all go away and I could start over again and rise up from the phoenix. This is... What One of the reasons, Gary, I want to run you down today, not only for me selfishly to ask you this, but I know a lot of people like me or younger than me or younger than you are thinking the same thing. Gary, I'm doing this project because I'm a mid-50-something who's had a pretty good run, and I still want it really badly. I do. And I do know, though, because I'm self-aware, that what I've done, Gary, to this point is not going to get me where I still want to go. I also understand that. Here's my question for you. Maybe it's not for me to think this, but even as a mid-50, I've convinced myself that there's no reason to believe the next 25 to 30 years of my life won't be the best 25 to 30. And I mean that across the board. I mean, not like I'm bullshitting Uh, myself. I mean, mentally, physically, spiritually, professionally. Gary, shoot me straight. Shoot me really straight. Is this a realistic, feasible goal for me and others like me, or should I be looking at it in a different manner? It's, you know, I'm almost stopped in my, you, you know, I, I, I love what you just said and I hope everybody listens. It, it's actually logical, Jim. It's not, it's not the reverse. You should dominate the next 20, God willing, 
that you're, you know, nothing crazy happens on the outsides of health. Like people haven't quantified modern science. We all treat 50 year olds like it was 50 years ago. Being 57 today is like being 39 because we take care of ourselves. These, does anybody watch Mad Men? They drank and smoked themselves to death. They ate like shit. They didn't know what the fuck. Like, I don't understand how people don't get it. We're living longer. Like, I, I, of course that's how you should be. You're, you now know shit. You, you should not care about people's opinions anymore. It's not high school anymore. You're in the prime of your life. And because you come from a place of what's going on in your brain and how you communicate, you, you can be in Yoda life, right? You can fucking like plop down and fucking pontificate. Like a, you're, not a, you're not a professional athlete who has to do it on the field. And even that person can do it on TV and then on podcast and then like coaching, writing books. Like life is epic now. Like, of course. And by the way, how about the 59 year old listening right now to us, Jim? who hated everything that's gone on so far. Forget about the person that's done shit like you. What about the 59 year old who's fucking like unhappy in his marriage, like fucking stressing, like in debt. Like if that person realized what actually saying, you know what, fuck it. I'm gonna make the next 30 way better. And the second you decide that and put in the work. So in, you know what happens, Jim, to that guy, instead of coming home and fucking going man cave life and watching sports center and games or Netflix or playing video games to check out of his unhappiness, he flips the switch and he starts spending research and learning what an NFT is and calling a buddy that's you know a little bit more optimistic instead of the one that's more pessimistic. Everything just changes, Jim. Mm, God, I love that so much. So Gary, finally, 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 and God, this is just such a great, great conversation. So if you come up the way you personally did, not to be trite and say you come up out of the mud, but I mean, you came up out of yeah, the mud yeah. and the dirt, right? You did. You were once invited to the White House and you sat yeah. before Barack Obama. I, I have to know, given where you started and your journey, the fuck went through your mind as you sat with the president of the United States and then who else was there and what was your biggest takeaway from that experience? Uh, God, I've been trying to hedge my ridiculousness on this call, but I always like promised myself I would answer questions truthfully. What I thought was I could do this job. And who else was there was the biggest CMOs and marketers in the world talking about modern communication because the president was trying to figure out how to reach more people because people were starting to watch less TV. And I felt like I could do the job. I, sw I swear to God, if I was born in this country, I would run for president of the United States of America because I think I could do it. Oh, I know you can do it. I know you can do it. What job would you rather have that have that or owner of the Jets or both? Owner of the, owner of the Jets. I really, I, I'll tell you why. I know I can't have president because I wasn't born in this country and they don't let that. Right. And so I don't dream in fantasy. I want to, I, I believe that I can equally impact as many human beings and leave a legacy by buying the Jets because I will show people that in a kind way, worrying about things like empathy and patience and kindness and all the stuff I talk about, uh, conviction and, and ambition balanced with not beating yourself up and loving yourself first so you can be nicer to other people. Like all the things I believe in that are actually true and real and good that, Jim, you have to understand when I buy the Jets, right? That will be now 40 years, call it if I do it in 20 years, 25 years, that'll be 40 years of ungodly amounts of content at scale consumed by a lot of people, that story is gonna allow people that came from low places to dream and 
it's not only did I achieve it, I achieved it by building the biggest building, not by doing what other people do, which is tear down other people's buildings. So it's not only how you know, I, I got there, it's like the way I made people feel and how I did it on a human level. And so like, I, when I do that, it's gonna, people are gonna aspire to be, like for example, when Steve Jobs became Steve Jobs and he was not nice to employees, I watched kids in Silicon Valley not be nice to their employees. When I buy the Jets and everybody watched how I do it and did it, they're gonna be like, oh, you can be nice to your employees. Oh, you, you can use soft skills like compassion and sympathy. That doesn't mean you get walked all over. This guy's a fucking G, but he believes in like, you know, being accountable when you're the leader and like eliminating hate. And like, like that's gonna, I'm an alpha that talks about shit that your grandma talks about. And by the way, this guy is a fucking G. Gary, I, I, I mean, with such respect and empathy, I, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate all the time that you just spent on this podcast, how much I appreciate our friendship. I know how much our listeners got out of that. I, I don't know how better to say, I just appreciate you and I love you, man. I, I really appreciate that conversation. <laughs> I love you back, brother. I can't wait to see you. Let's do it soon. Wow. I mean, so many takeaways, so little time. Let me start with Gary's take on reinvention itself and his response when I said, shoot me straight, be real with me. Is it realistic to think that in my mid-50s, that my best 25 to 30 years are in front of me as opposed to behind me? Gary said, absolutely. Given all the advances in technology and medicine, knowing what we know about fitness and nutrition, and barring any sort of illness, hell yes, your best years should be in front of you and not behind you. As long as you make good use of that technology and information and you go on the attack with it. Or, to quote Gary, you play offense, not defense. He says he's only played offense his entire life and look where he is. Right. Yeah, but, hey Rome, what if your life sucks? What if you get into your fourth or fifth decade and your dreams never actually materialized and you don't like your current situation personally or professionally? Then is it too late? Do you just accept your fate? Do you accept that you're doomed to be all you've ever been? Hell no. I loved Gary's take on that too, that even if you are 59 and you're miserable in life, it's not too late. It's never too late. As long as you make the decision and you decide that the next 30 are going to be your best 30, but you make that decision, you commit to that decision, and then you do the work. You throw the switch. You go all in on you, but you do not bullshit yourself. You don't do it for a day or two or a week or a month. You make the decision and you commit to the life. It's never too late and you can change, but you have to make that decision and you have to fully commit and then you have to actually do the work every day. And then my other big takeaway from the conversation is Gary V does not give a damn what you think of him. I know he doesn't and he shouldn't and neither should you care what anybody thinks of you. I'm not saying it's easy. Believe me, I have seen and heard some pretty nasty stuff over the last quarter century, 
but I don't care either. And the next person I block on Twitter will be the first. I have never blocked anybody, and I never will because I just don't care. And neither do the most successful and productive people I've ever met. Not because they're arrogant, not because they're soulless, but because they know it doesn't serve them. They're not going to let other people under their skin, in their head, or undermine or whack away at their dreams. They're too busy getting shit done and knocking down their targets to get caught up in others trying to drag them down to their level. In other words, control what you can control. Block out all the noise. Fact is, if somebody else can get in your head or wreck your day, or move you off your spot, or the path that you're on or with something they say or do, then you're not built for this anyway. Keep the main thing the main thing and never get hooked by haters. Gary V, absolutely no one better. And that's going to do it for Ep9 of the Reinvention Project. I can't tell you how much personally I got out of that conversation. I hope you feel the same way. If so, please feel free to share the episode and hit me with your comments. I would love to see them. Also, if you do like what you hear and you appreciate the product, make sure you get subscribed and leave a review as well, please, because that all helps. I appreciate you all very, very much. Have an amazing week. Stay on offense, and I'll see you next time. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.